Boston Celtics get 68 combined points from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, a dual MVP level performance. And let's stop kidding ourselves. This Celtics identity, it's all on the offensive side. We're going to talk about it right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team, step back. We gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. And I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast that drops directly to your device when you subscribe. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Also on YouTube, I do appreciate you making this your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales, former professional basketball player. Now I'm covering the Celtics as I get choked up covering the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and I've written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Hey, got a new shipment coming in, so if you want to buy a, a unique gift for Christmas, Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Uh, it's a book. It's an evergreen book. It, it still uh, applies, and maybe in a few years I'll have to write in Jason Tatum, but for now, it's still a book. You can get an autographed copy at johncorrales.com. Autographed copy for 30 bucks. Uh, international shipping is different. So you have to send me a message for, uh, international shipping, but it's a unique gift. It's a fun gift for Celtics fans. So, uh, check that out at johncorrales.com. Today's show is also, <laughs> it's brought to you by sweat block. If you or someone, you know, is experiencing embarrassing sweat or order, try sweat block. It's a very, it's very appropriate on Thanksgiving. As you head out to these family dinners, save 20% with the promo code lockdown at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Boston Celtics get the big 125 112 win up by uh, as many as 27 down. The lead got down to nine at one point, but then they got it together. Jason Tatum went off, Jalen Brown went off, and uh, they put the Mavericks away. Later on, third segment, I'm going to dispel this notion that this Celtics identity is going to be on the defensive end. Even though Rob, Robert Williams is coming back, and I'll, I'll mention Robert Williams in a minute uh, as far as his timeline for return. Even though he's coming back fairly soon, this notion that his return is suddenly going to morph this team into some sort of defensive identity, no, no chance. This is an offensive identity for this team this season and maybe moving forward. That's third segment. I'll be talking about that then. First couple of segments, let's just talk about this game where the Celtics, like I said, were up big. Then the Mavs made a run. The Celtics got a little sloppy. Then they got it together. The big story, the big story of this game is uh, Jalen Brown, 31 points. Jason Tatum, 37 points. They shot well. They defended well. They rebounded. They distributed. And only 11 turnovers uh, on the game for the Celtics, uh, that's a, 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 an amazing number for a, a team. First of all, you're going up against a Mavericks team that likes to force turnovers. Secondly, uh, this is a a team that had just come off some big big turnover numbers, big turnover games. 
Jalen Brown had uh, 12 turnovers in his last two games, and then he has two in this one. So, And he admitted after the game, this is a big one, he admitted after the game, it's not anything the defense was doing, it was me being sloppy. And that is a big admission, uh, in my opinion, because he knows, he knows that he's not completely focused the entire games, and he knows that he's not uh, playing with the level of, um, I don't know what the word is, uh, precision. He needs to be better about getting off the ball earlier. He needs to be better about what he's doing, more decisive about what he's doing. And that leads to some of the bigger turnover nights. But in this one, just two turnovers. To go along with 72% shooting, 13 of 18 shooting, uh, two of three from three. So all of it almost was done uh, in two-pointers. And few, of, very few were uh, in outside of the restricted area. He was attacking the basket, getting to the rim, finishing at the rim. And thir- like I said, 13 of 18, uh, 11 of those were two-pointers, and most of those were at the basket. Very aggressive Jalen Brown. Uh, early in the game, smart in transition. Uh, Jalen is is running down the right sideline, and it's almost one of those points where it's like you have a decision to make. You're either going to flare out to the corner or you're going to make that cut. And when Jalen makes that cut and Smart just drops a perfect, I mean, threads a perfect pass right to him, that decision to me sets the tone for the entire game and why JB was so good. That decision to, you know what? I'm going to cut, I'm going to get to the front of this, I'm going to get to this rim. And I trust Marcus is going to hit me. That's a level of aggression. If he had flared out, you kind of felt like, well, we're gonna we're gonna see a bunch of jump shots in this game. Nope. He was he was going to that rim and he went to the rim the whole night. After the game, Marcus Smart said, at his best, Jalen Brown is an MVP candidate. And this type of performance here is MVP level stuff. The 31 points, the set obviously 72% shooting is incredible. Uh Four rebounds, four assists, two steals, just two turnovers. That is MVP level performance. That that's the type of thing that if he does this every night, if that if that's his just kind of, obviously not the shooting that high, but if that's just who he is, then yeah, he can he can get his game to that next level. People talk, you know, tell me in the comments sometimes why the disrespect for Jalen Brown because I I'm saying he's not an MVP candidate and Jason Tatum is. Well, this is this is the MVP stuff right here. So Marcus Smart has a point. Mar- Jalen Brown uh, played at an MVP level. Jason Tatum really played at an MVP level. 37 points, 13 of 15 from the line, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks, 2 turnovers. The block on Luka Doncic at the end capped off a run, the game-sealing run. That run, the, the, the lead had gotten down to 9. And then Tatum comes up, dishes it off to Al Horford. Horford hits a three. I'll talk about Horford and the complimentary guys in this next segment. Tatum hits Horford for the three. Then he attacks, gets two free throws. Then he gets uh, to the rim and finishes there uh, and and is responsible for this this run. I think it was a 7-2 run that kind of knocked everything back, uh, kept everything uh, at bay. Got the lead back up to a comfortable spot. Uh, and, of course, you know, Jalen Brown 
was the capper uh, after the Jason Tatum block. So Tatum had a hand in everything there. Tatum blocks Luka. The ball gets up to, to Jalen Brown. He just in rhythm steps into a three-pointer ball game. That was your ball game. But Jay, Jason Tatum is, is you know, he, he had a stretch there in the second half where he tailed off a little bit. But again, level of aggression, the, the, the fight to get to the front of the rim. He's getting to the rim with determination. And this is just another extension of that. The, the way he's deciding, I'm getting through these defenders. I'm playing through the contact now. I'm getting to the front of the rim. And he's not just flipping up a bunch of crap. Now, he still does it from time to time, but he is being aggressive and attacking the front of the rim. You've heard me say that a million times. I'm going to keep on saying it because that's what he's doing. And that's how you get these free throws. I feel like I've been saying this since last season or beyond. Stop with the, the, the slicing this way and that way. Get to the front. Let them see that you've been hit. This is the result. MVP Tatum. Plus, he's in there rebounding. He's chomping glass. 13 rebounds. Three offensive rebounds. Doing a great job keeping the ball alive. Uh, this this Obviously, if your two stars are combining for 68 points, and it's not like one of those goofy ones where Tatum drops 50 or Jalen drops 50, the other one has 18. No. This is a 37 and a 31 point night. Both were plus 14. Both were huge, amazing, playing on both ends. Jalen Brown, you know, the steal, waiting for Luka in the post, going and tipping it away and starting the break. Great stuff. Just beautiful, beautiful stuff. An amazing bounce back for both these guys. What about the other guys? Because there were some big performances on the other side as well. I'll be talking about them in a moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. I'll be heading to betonline.net uh, tomorrow, Thanksgiving. First, oh, today, Thanksgiving. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody, by the way. I'll be heading to Bet Online to check out what the over-under is on combined points between the Celtics and the Kings once that comes out, because that is going to be a super, super high number. Celtics and Kings on Friday. That is going to be it's gonna be some wild betting lines uh, involved with that. So head on over there and get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer to esports. Soccer, a big deal right now with the World Cup going on. It's all at betonline.net. Also, if you love podcasts, of course you do. Then you can find those at betonline.net. You're, you're always going to be at the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed there. Head to the website today. You can use your mobile device. Bet online where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. And thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Head on over to Locked On NBA to make it your second listen every day. I host on Wednesdays. If you missed the Wednesday show, go back and listen to it. It was a fun show between me, not between me, with me and Jake Madison. Host of Locked On Pelicans, my good friend. You might have heard him on this podcast uh, last week. Check out Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. The other guys, I talked about Tatum, talked about Jalen Brown. The other guys uh, had great performances, but let me let me get to the, the the other big story of what everybody did before I get to some of these other individual performances. The other big story here is what they were able to do to Luka Doncic and for, for most of the game, not all of the game, because there was a stretch there with about 
three and a half or so to go in the third quarter and basically a full quarter, about three and a half to go in the third to three and a half or so to go in the, in the, in the fourth, that full quarter, Luka Doncic went from one assist to nine assists. He had eight assists in that one quarter, which is just phenomenal for him. Bad for the Celtics. What were they doing? And what when once you, you you saw Doncic get the assists, that's when you saw the lead start to drop, 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 drop. After the game, uh, Joe Mazzulla told Abby Chin the point of the Celtics defense was to funnel Doncic into ISO play. Let him go ahead, go score. You be the main scorer. And we saw it was kind of working. It was Luca, heavy Luca, no pun intended, not really making a joke there. Heavy duty Luca minutes. And look, he had 40, 42 points, 17 of 28 shooting. It felt like every time he got the ball, he backed down. We were talking about it on a press row. He was hitting shots. You're like, you can't play any better defense than that. But he was out there hitting those shots, playing great. What he wasn't getting was assists. The Celtics weren't turning the ball over. They weren't missing a ton of shots. And they were sticking close defensively. They were not letting Luka get loose. And we all know how dangerous Luka is when he's triple-double Luka. In the first two quarters, two, you know, in, in most of the third, he was iso Luka. And the, the Mavs are so similar to the Celtics in some ways because if they're moving the ball and, and your stars are getting assists, then that's, that's going to be a recipe for success. When your star is going ISO, that's going to be a, a problem because you need him to get the other guys going. This is kind of very much last year or two years ago, Boston Celtics that we're seeing from Doncic, uh, at least what we saw in this game. Celtics did a wonderful job limiting his assists. Then in that quarter, that's 12-minute stretch or so, 14-minute stretch or so, the Celtics started turning the ball over. They missed a bunch of shots. They didn't get back on defense. You saw breakaways, uh, eight assists for Doncic in that stretch, four of them were in transition. That's when Christian Wood starts going off and getting dunks. Christian Wood had this great game, 26 points, 12 rebounds, but he was a non-factor, I think, for most of this uh, until that stretch. So we kind of saw the best and the worst of the Celtics, I think, in that in that little kind of run that the, the, the Mavs made. Celtics, no surprise, got outscored by 15 in that. So you look at the, the difference in this game, it was a 13-point game. Well, they built a 27-point lead. They were outscored by 15. So they basically, that stretch, that run, that that thing they gave up is where that lead got just ripped away from them. Uh, and they could never really fully get that back. So it's a little sign to, to, to the Celtics like, hey, man, you got to keep this up. You got to keep it up for 48 minutes. You got to keep, keep moving. And uh, you can't get lazy against a team like the the Mavericks, because even though it looked like they should pack it in after three quarters or, or through most of three three quarters, it doesn't take much in the NBA. It really twenty seven point lead 
it used to be that you get into the fourth quarter quarter with a 27 point lead and you just say, all right, it's over garbage time. Whole fourth quarter is garbage time. Now, 27 point lead. You, you mess up a little bit. And especially with a guy like Luca, it just becomes boom, boom, boom. Uh, three point play layup, couple of three pointers. And all of a sudden you realize that, well, we just gave up 11 points and 27 point lead is down to 16. And it's, well, 16 doesn't feel quite as comfortable at all, does it? No. All of a sudden, 15-point lead. You're like, oh, 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 couple of free throws. Oh, it's 12-point lead. Three-pointer. Oh, my God. It's down to the sealed digits. What? What happened? Can't let up. You can't let up. And I guess I should give Joe Mazzulla, like, a little bit of leeway because we talk about how he leaves guys in and – Really, that's how that's why guys can't sit as long for garbage time because the lead can dissipate in a hurry. We saw this lead go away in a hurry. 27 point lead went away fast. But the reason why it was a 27 point lead, shout out to Al Horford, five for five, four for four from three, 14 points, five rebounds, four assists. After an 0 for night in Chicago, he comes back, goes four for four from three. Uh, he comes after the game. I ask him about it, and he says, hey, shooter, shoot. I never thought I'd ever hear Al Horford say the phrase shooter, shoot <laughs> in a post game, but he's really embraced the fact he's a shooter now. He's a shooter. And this whole concept of shooter, shoot, yeah, you got to get out there and be the shooter. Uh, so, yeah, he shot. And look, 0 for 7 from 3 in that last game, 4 for 4, that means – Four for 11, that's fine. That's a fine percentage. You'd like it a little, a little more evenly spread out. Also, shout out to Joe Missoula because they drew up the first play of the game to get Al a three. And that was important. Shows confidence in Al Horford. Uh, shows that they trust him. And it just gives him that little extra boost. As as long as he's been in the league, it's, it, it's easy to say, hey, man, he, he should have plenty of confidence, but look, he's he's coming down towards the end. He's got, what, one, two, three seasons left? His three-point percentage has always been kind of, eh. To get him a shot, to, to, to trust him like this, get him that that little extra bit of confidence that just always helps for a shooter, that was, that was a smart play by Joe Mazzulla. And why in the next segment, I will say, the Celtics' identity is never going to be defense under Joe Mazzulla. It's going to be offense. So Al Horford comes in, shoots great. Derek White came in, first hit the first three three-pointers, missed, missed the next three, but played really, really well. Marcus Smart dropping dimes. The the pass that Marcus Smart – I've watched this play like 100 times, and it's still awesome. Brogdon, uh, was he, he, saves, he saves the ball, kicks it out to Al Horford. And then Brogdon tries to relocate to the corner. Smart decides to post up real quick as Jason Tatum is cutting. And as soon as Marcus gets it, boom, drop for a uh, drop pass for a layup. Beautiful. And he said, I was watching Jason the whole play. I would have been pissed if he didn't cut. That's just wonderful. Uh, Smart threw some absolute dimes in this nine assists. I mean, the hot, the hot shooting is great. Five of nine, three or four from three, 13 points, plus 21. That's great. But nine assists, 
That's so key for the Celtics. You, this is part of why Tatum and Brown get to do what they do. When Marcus Smart is out there dishing, nine shots is perfectly fine. Four three-pointers is perfectly fine for Marcus Smart. So that was a, a really good performance. Malcolm Brogdon, solid, 13.6 rebounds, just a couple of assists, but solid. Uh, solid supporting cast in this one. Grant Williams struggling here in this one. One of five, zero of three from three. He's the only dude who didn't hit. The Celtics hit half their threes, and Grant Williams hit none of them. But uh, so he had an off night. But great, great play from the supporting cast uh, overall. So, what about that identity? What about that offensive identity, defensive identity that people talk about? It's, it's. We gotta let it go. We gotta let it go. I've come to the determination that. This Celtics team, when we talk about identity, they can say it all they want, but they're wrong. Their identity is on offense. I'll talk about that next. First, today's show is also brought to you by Sweat Block. I just joked about it before. You're heading to Thanksgiving or you're at Thanksgiving and maybe it's a little stressful. Hey, everybody at Thanksgiving dinner, look around. You know who's stressed. You know which one of you is the one that's stressed out right now. If you use Sweatblock, you're cool. Maybe they can't tell who's stressed because Sweatblock is very simple. You, after you take a shower, you get one of these wipes, you apply it, you get up to seven days of sweat-free coverage. This is great for anybody who has a problem. There are people who just have a significant problem with it. I sometimes have a problem where it turns on and it doesn't want to turn off. And if I know that I'm going to be speaking somewhere, I, I will talk to schools, I will talk to people. If I know that something's coming up and I'm like, oh, I cannot afford this, I'll use Sweatblock too because it will keep you covered. No, you don't have to wear 10 layers. You don't have to, you know, worry about did I wear enough deodorant? Is it going to wear out? None of that stuff. Sweatblock wipes are your little secret to confidence. They work for up to seven days. Apply them on a Sunday, you dry all week. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or, or, or odor, try Sweatblock. You can save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. That's sweatblock.com. It's also available at Amazon. Read all the reviews at Amazon. You'll see it really, really works. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. You're almost done with this podcast. When you are, pop on the Locked On Sports Today podcast. We'll get caught up on everything across the sports world in just about 20 minutes or so. Games that matter, Locked On experts that only the network can provide. Find it wherever you found this podcast that also exists on YouTube. So I've just come to the determination here that as much as we need to see the Celtics play better defense and as much as Robert Williams' return will lead to better defense, this is just an offensive team. This is an offense-first team. Rob is coming back. According to Woj, the expectation is that he'll be back before Christmas. Hey, it's Thanksgiving today, so Christmas is not far away. Rob will be back soon. But even with Rob back, he's going to add to the offense. He's going to give the offense another toy to play with, with a lob threat, a rim runner, an offensive rebounder a passer, a big man who can pass from the high post. I'm sure Joe Mazzula is just dying to get his hands on, on Robert Williams 
and work him into the offense. Dying for it because he's got so many creative ways to use these guys. I think one of Ime Udoka's great failings last season was not using Robert Williams more effectively in the offense. Now, they are a great defensive team, the best defensive team, and that was their identity last year. And so that was okay. They got by. But I think they needed to use Rob much more effectively on offense. And so I think Joe Mazzula, who is an extraordinary offensive coach, can get that out of him. Now, that's not to say that Joe's not a good defensive coach. I think this can be a good defensive team as well. I'm not saying that this team's not going to be a good defense. What I'm saying is this team is not going to go out there and just suffocate teams the way they did last year. I don't think. I think this team, the, the, the proverbial toothpaste is out of the tube. This team is potentially an historically good offense. They are Sean Grandy, radio voice, TV voice, uh, as uh, Mike Gorman starts to take less of a workload. He's he's tracking this stuff on his Twitter. He's great with a lot of these stats. The Celtics currently are on pace to be the most explosive offense in league history. So the Celtics have their identity. And you're not going to change it now. You're just they are not going to pivot in from this level of offense. They are not going to pivot from putting up 125 points in a game to outscoring teams 102 to 99 or 110 to 100. That is not going to be the norm. This is the norm. 120 points is going to be the norm. This, this offense can only get better with Rob. I shouldn't say only get better. I mean, there's there are questions about having somebody there and and you know, is is there going to be some spacing issue with Rob in the dunker spot and Tatum going up for, you know, layups or or Jalen going up for layups. But that's something that can be tweaked. And and if, if Rob's defender wants to come over, there are dump offs and, and alley oops that can be had. So my my point stands. This I believe this offense is going to get better and more more explosive with Rob back. So I would expect this team's identity to maintain as an offensive juggernaut. And when you're an offensive juggernaut and you need to rest in games, where do you rest? I don't know if anybody remembers, but there was during the WNBA finals or during the WNBA playoff run, Becky Hammond had a, a an amazing coaches mic'd up segment where she said to her team, if you need a rest, rest on offense. If you need to take a playoff, go find a corner and stand there. That's where you get your rest. And it was an amazing insight into how players 
approach games. Like there are times in a game where you're tired and you just need a playoff. You're not going to, you're not going to ask out of the game. You're not going to just call a timeout. There are times where guys just stand in the corner and they go, all right, whew, all right. I just need a moment. You guys play four on four, four on five, whatever is going on. I'm just going to be over here for a second. But if your offense is moving and cutting and passing and all that stuff, and guys are really working hard on offense, where are they going to rest? They're going to come back down on the other end. They're going to go like, whoo, man, I'm tired. All right. Okay. Oh, that's a back cut. Oh, that, that sucks. I probably shouldn't have done that. All right. I'm better now. Let's go back down there and get those points back. That's the mentality. That's how it's going to go. So that means they're not going to be a defensive identity, but that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Because all their defense needs to be with this kind of offense is just good. They just need to have a pretty good defense. They don't need to have the best defense. Hey, look, if they come, if they, if I'm wrong and they come up with the best defense and they still have the best offense, oh no. Oh, I'm so wrong. I'm so upset that I was wrong. But I just kind of know how this works a little bit. And I feel like you take a little step that when you when your offense is this good, your defense just takes a tiny, tiny, tiny step back. So what does that mean? Does that mean they go from one to five? Fine. If you're number one in offense and five in defense, you're a championship level team. Even if you're seventh or eighth, if you're this number one in offense and you're down here around seven or eight on defense, you're still a championship level team. But if we're talking about identity, if we're talking about where this team's going to hang its hat, they hang their hat on offense. Because Joe Mazzulla is an offensive coach. He's an offense first coach. He's an old point guard. He loved to score. He loves to distribute. He understands the importance of defense. They're going to say their identity is defense, but it's not. They're going to say it because they want to promote it, but it's not. This team wants to score. They're going to put up 120 points, 125 points, and they're going to try and win games that way. They're not the Brooklyn Nets that are going to try to win games 120 to 125 to 120. Hopefully, the defense rises to a level where you can win 125 to 100. That'd be great. But this is what it is. And just accept it. Just accept it and understand that the defense is going to be a little less than what it was, and that's okay. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you're enjoying a Thanksgiving here in the United States, I hope you're are uh, enjoying your meal, enjoying your family, enjoying a lack of uh, uncomfortable conversations. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying each other's company. Watch some football. Watch some basketball later. Uh, wait, are there games tonight? Let me just double check. No, there are no games tonight. So don't watch any basketball because there's no basketball on. Watch some football. Enjoy the time. And uh, stay safe. I know you're going to be popping a few. Enjoy it. Have some fun. Just get home. To everyone else in the world where it's just Thursday, then enjoy your Thursday. I'll be back for you on Friday. At some point on Thursday, Thanksgiving, I, I, I'll pop down here and I'll record another podcast for you. I'll have something. And uh, so subscribe. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Watch the show on YouTube. 
And hey, if you're listening in front of everybody in, in Thanksgiving and you've gotten to this point, then I'd say thank you to everyone. Spread the word. Tell everyone else. Tell all your other friends. They should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.